Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Come back home to 
being a reader, being a storyteller, with a quilt, work for a healer, spiritual practitioner, all those things go into being a worker, being being a conjurer, having a connection to nature, having a connection to the ground, having a connection to the season, having a connection to the weather, but more importantly, having a connection to spirit. Uh, we harness the natural power, the natural energy in nature, whether it's for our, our nourishment of our bodies or for the empowerment of our work or for the healing um, of our bodies at any given hospital. Uh, Without spirit, then then we're just mixing it up together. Then you're just going through a ritual. Then you're just moving through the physical associated with a particular moment in time, but you're not crossing over. And so, indeed, there was some crossover. Uh, just imagine being in a squad, uh, low 50s, high 40s in terms of temperature. Um, it's dark. You know, uh, nature is, is active and well aware that this huge presence in the water, but also spirit in the water, in the environment. So it's a very powerful crossroads. Um, again, I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail. Uh, you absolutely have an opportunity to to view with this experience um, when, when it's on international television. You'll have an opportunity to uh, check it out. But the interaction with plants, roots, trees that our ancient ancestors would have had connection to. Not just our enslaved ancestors, but our ancient indigenous ancestors who walked this land, who navigated these swamps, who knew how to live off of the environment before the Europeans learned how to survive. Uh, even in the history books of the Chile of indigenous people, helping the colonists to survive, uh, particularly those first few years of uh, winter and, and cold and, and knowing how to find food and then prepare that food in a way that it would survive the winter. Um, there's a, a historic story of a whole colony uh, disappearing, um, having traversed the Atlantic and made their way into this uh, once new world, said to be new world, and then not understanding how to survive, how to navigate the terrain. Um, so when we think about how hoodoo and root work and conjure and, and indeed magic and, and witchcraft and ritual magic is portrayed online and in social media, um, almost as if it's something we can sort of go, go to the grocery store and, and come home and, and whip up, you know, um, without little or no training or, or having read a book or two. Um, and there's so much work than that. The uh, opportunity to harm yourself, to be exposed to a toxin, to uh, ingest something or to apply something to your skin without full understanding of that plant. Uh, just imagine someone who's unfamiliar with what uh, uh, 
allergen carrying, allergen activating plants look like and how they identify them. Uh, you end up with rashes and, and poison ivy and, because you don't know what poison ivy looks like. You know, you don't know what uh, what uh, toxins can be on the bark or on the leaf or, or in the mold or in the mushroom. Mushroom is another area of, of root work conjuring and even uh, uh, culinary knowledge that if you aren't aren't experienced, if you are familiar, you just can't go to the wood harvest any mushroom and, and serve it up and, and expect to survive uh, at the minimum, um, not have a really bad uh, experience with it. So when we think about root work, conjure, herbalism, um, Nadja, you may know, I've said before, is a, is a master herbalist. Um, and so he has a, a wealth of knowledge about plants and herbs and, and roots and, and how to apply them, um, not just holistically, uh, but also internally um, for dietary or health or healing purposes. So we trust our pharmacists and, and we entrust our medical professionals and we entrust our therapists and our psychologists and our psychiatrists and our chemists and any other well-trained, uh, degreed positions with a, a, a wealth of responsibility for our lives, for our well-beings, for our healing, for the protection care of our families and children. Um, and we see an epidemic now in society, pharmaceuticals and drugs. Remember time when your cough syrups weren't locked up. Uh, I remember time when your antihistamines you know, we're behind a, a case, you know, with a key. Um, so the idea that we go into hoodoo, root work, conjure, holistic healing, herbalism, um, without pairing ourselves, without spending a great deal of time in study and research and relearning, even when you visit your family physician, uh, often the computer is up um, and they're searching drugs and they're searching interactions because and these things evolve and these things renew themselves. And so you have to continue your your uh, uh, process of learning, of growing, of, of, of learning and adapting to new things and new processes and 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 new history and new information that ultimately will will evolve if not alter your understanding about something. Uh, we talked in the last show about a time when Europe was aware of germs and pathogens and didn't know how those things uh, were carried. And, and so you might say society was a great deal dirtier than how we live today. And, and common uh, illnesses like typhoid and, and yellow fever and, and things of that sort were common where the knowledge of these pathogens was lacking. And now in a modern times, where the resources for these pathogens are lacking. So we still see some of these diseases in so-called third world parts of the world, uh, the Amazon, the jungle. Somewhere I heard that our jungles, like the Amazon, like these thick uh, jungles,
struggles and, and unincorporated regions of Africa and Asia hold many viruses and bacteria and, and, and things of that sort of germs that are natural to nature or are formed in nature or created in nature. And nature has its own way of isolating that from our, our active regions of the world. But as we continue to deforest, as we continue to harm our land, as we continue to damage our um, our field, natural uh, grain fields and grasslands, um, many of the uh, areas that it is said that this uh, hoodoo practitioner Drew Brown was concerned about uh, in Prenier, uh back in uh, in the late 1800s, the turn of the century, going into the early first decade of the uh, 1900s. We are still continuing to harm our water, from our land, take for granted our, our natural resources. So as spiritualists, as voodoo, hoodoo, root workers, conjure practitioners, herbalists, um, vegans, vegetarians, uh, whatever be the title, we must take greater responsibility in acknowledging mother, father, creator, God, who, who indeed in this space is Earth, is Mother Earth, and, and it fertilizes itself, itself and evolves itself and cleanses itself, just like we like to assume the body does. But if we don't take responsibility for the body, if we don't take responsibility for the planet, which we all share, and we'll continue to have pandemics and, and pandemics, we will uh, have means to control our So I have to say that when we open these portals, when we open these doorways, when we open these gates, you might fancy yourself a camera. You might fancy yourself for creating, recreating shrines and altar and all know that there's information out there about how to do that, how to go about that, what one should be thinking in, in the setting up and the creation of, of sacred space. But we also see a demonstration in world culture through religion, through, through other organizations that have church, synagogues, buildings, you know, storefronts. You know, we see the church move into the storefront, you know, um, and create sacred space, if you will. But there's also that idea that it's just something that we just decide to do, that you go with what you feel, you go with what looks like, you, you go with what looks right, you go with what feels aesthetically right to you. And indeed, it's something deeper than that. Some of you are aware of grid Many of you are aware of how to create magical circles. These these are things and information that you find in many of the books, the occult-oriented books. I often uh, promote and encourage that people read um, the secret teachings of the ages by Manly P. Hall. Whether you're into astrology, whether you're into tarot card reading, whether you just have curiosity about the occult, whether you want a deeper uh, historical understanding of, of occult magic and ritual magic and its presence throughout the world, Mesopotamia and Egypt and Atlantis and, and Lemuria and 
and the Masons and the Shriners and the Secret Orders, all of that is in that book. Uh, I sure gave that book. Uh, and if someone can find it for me, pop it in, that would be real helpful. Uh, but it's an older book, and it has a great deal of the group information that to my students and students, my clients, and now my audience, um, to better understanding where I'm coming from when I talk about these protocols that are natural to these traditions that now, in a modern context, we take for granted. And we also take for granted because of movies, video games, these, these newer virtuality things where you, you know, cosplay and you become characters. And, and, and so we act out the magic and we act out the ritual. And it's, it's fun and it's game and, and it's your flavor and you bring your personality. But we can't confuse it with real magic. You can't confuse it with the science of of magic and spiritual practice. And indeed it's a science. Often we are viewing these practices, these cultures, these ethnic groups, these traditions, the prism of the author or the photographer or the cinematographer. The people who are now going in and documenting something and then bringing it to us, bringing it to the rest of the world. Not many of us have or may ever have the opportunity to visit Asia, visit Australia, visit Africa, visit South America, visit uh, the U.S., visit Canada, uh, and, and explore the more ancient and indigenous footprint that may still exist today. So this crystal operating through the internet technology allows the world to be smaller and gives us a great opportunity to get information that would otherwise take us years to find, to explore, to learn, to, to make sense of on our own and as individuals. So the idea of self-initiation, self-training, self-awareness, doing one's own work, doing one's own homework, doing one's own study and investigation can't be overstated. Indeed, as gods and goddesses, as powerful beings, we must challenge what we know, what we understand. But I believe that's why we're here. That's why this God is inhabiting clay, earth, to have this sort of experience and, and, and meshing together of, of worlds that would otherwise be absolutes, that would otherwise be separate so that we can regain our God self, but also bring some balance in this physical, clean, dimensional space in which we've now become mixed up in, incorporated in. So as practitioners, we must take seriously the real-world implications of, of what we do, but also the spiritual implications of, of what we do, what we project, how we act, how we live, what we teach either directly or indirectly through our demonstration, through our behavior, and the level of respect that we give to to it, to the answers to the power that inhabits the space. Indeed, when you mix darkness and swamp 
and fire um, and, and, and then create a ritual. You're opening yourself to all manner of, of events, opportunities for crossing and crossover um, into other planes of dimension, a dimensional reality in space. Um, I say often, the veil of sentence, not at Halloween, bells of sentence between Halloween and, and Mardi Gras Day during the winter months, and particularly for the, the northern hemisphere, we go into our cold, our longest night. Um, our vegetation uh, is hibernating or, or is going underground or, or dying to be renewed, to be reborn. So going into a swamp, particularly a, a notoriously uh, said to be haunted and, and, and even a cursed swamp, um, it's like going into a womb, going into a place of Mother Earth where powers are incubated, where spiritual energies are incubated. They don't just degrade and, and, and break down and, and blow away, you know, in the wind. But in a swamp environment, uh, we, we have a thing that stay around for some limited time. Uh, there's some level of protection provided by the absence of oxygen in the water and the other chemicals and compounds that are present in, in swamp water. Uh, indeed, you don't drink swamp water or ingest uh, swamp water. It's, it's one of the more dangerous uh, forms of water used in any kind of root work or uh, hoodoo or magical practice. And again, I said in the day or more of broadcast that I've been doing, if I got real, real specific, when you say don't do something, people immediately go out and do it. <laughs> or you have people who want to mimic, who want to test, who want to copy. So just, you know, you just can't drink swap water. You just can't eat every mushroom. You just can't be exposed to every plant. Um, so we we got to be careful about what it is that we're doing in area of hoodoo and conscious. Greetings to everyone. I hope we're streaming clearly. Um, I see people kind of coming and going from from the live YouTube broadcast. My moderators haven't suggested uh, too much of a buffering problem. Um, Mark Richard, thank you, uh, Marge Richard. Thank you so much for that. Can you find out the copyright date on that book, Secret Teaching of All? Appreciate that. And indeed, my audience, if you have questions, comments, requests, please do check them in all capital letters. It's a little bit easier for me to see them for the moderators to see them, um, and then I'll be able to answer and respond to you um, live here on air. That's my Blog Talk Radio audience and my YouTube live audience. Also, my live listening and calling number is area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Do press the number on the keypad. 1928 uh, is the copyright date on the book. Um, so it is um, an older book, older 19th century, uh, 20th century book. 
Uh, so it has a great deal of old 19th century information that documented uh, about some of the origins of astrology, some of the origins of tarot, some of the origins of many of the, the occult practices that are so popular and, and available to us today um, on the internet and in the social media uh, uh, stratosphere. Um, I, I think a great place to start in terms of understanding these systems that they are how to operate in them and how to go about them and address them. Um, in terms of work, there's no easy shortcut to that. Um, I would start with plants, uh, develop an understanding of the, of the plants that are available to you, um, your common herbs, your basil, your jasmine, your rosemary. Start there. Uh, your clover, your your dandelion. Start there. Um, then as you gain some proficiency, do some research on the vegetation that's indigenous to where you live. Uh, what's available in the ground in New York is not necessarily available in the ground in Louisiana, um, and particularly in December, and this late into December, uh, the day before the first day of winter. So gain some proficiency there. Um, don't Experiment, don't mix up stuff and ingest it that you aren't clear about what it is that you haven't gained some some proficiency in awareness and identifying, um, and then expand your knowledge, expand your awareness, uh, and, and incorporate that which you know into your practice. Uh, we also use earth plants, roots, various other organic materials uh, in Greek music and power processes, other forms of therapy that are missing. But to have some effect, and sulfur is something that you can buy in any botanica that makes it bodega and in the food suppliers, grocery stores. It'll be in the same aisle sometimes with the seasoning. You know, sometimes but there's a great deal of instruction about what to do with it or how to use it or how to apply it. So we've got to be willing to do that homework. We, we've got to be willing to. Uh, thank you, Kiona. Um, yeah, I, I experienced a little bit of bluff, buffering, um, but it hasn't been a lot. Hopefully, we should be able to continue the show uh, without a, a great deal of issues or, or complications. The story of, of Julia Brown is one that is about a woman who was to have cursed swans. Uh, it's that when you do a little bit of research, you understand that we swans may have been already cursed, would have been accused of being cursed long before Julia. But as a practitioner of food and a free woman of color who is in possession of, of 40 acres and a mule, one of the few documented African-American families who actually did receive the, the uh, 40 acres and a mule. Her husband received it, died in the year, 
and connect uh, that husband. So I think there's a great deal of research needs to go into if dying relatively quickly uh, in, in concert with that provision of this land. The story also suggests that she, she was bitter. She may have been uh, vengeful, uh, felt taken advantage of, felt uh, uh, used uh, by the community uh, for her practice, for her, for her help. But you don't hear enough about her being a property owner and being in possession of this acres and, and a mule. Uh, being a landowner and, and being a renter, uh, many of us know the dynamics of the relationship. Within itself, can create some kind of feeling. Uh, so I, I take with a grain of salt the idea that she cursed the swamp or and out of the sense of revenge uh, for what they may or may not have done to her. Uh, though that is possible, but when we move into that realm, we're then not talking about hoodoo anymore. We're now talking about black magic, witchcraft, uh, the use of, of dark art or carnal, vengeful, uh, ego-based desires and, and, and um, outcomes. Because everything you do has a, a outcome and a residue that affects not just you and your target, but everyone around you. Uh, just like, you know, everything word but you throw into the soup affects all of our water and never breaks down and ends up up there, you know, uh, in the planet. So it doesn't just affect you. It doesn't just affect your house, your neighborhood. It affects all of them. And so, too, spirit energy, your prayer energy, your ritual energy, indeed affects you, not just your target, not just those you know, your peer or around you, but ultimately there, there's a strict circle of energy and reverberation that then returns. In some traditions, you might call it karma. Uh, it's called different things and explained in very different ways depending on culture, ethnicity, and, and the timing um, in terms of historical time frame in which we are looking at that story and that, and that telling. But there's a Energy that, that is left around, that is left on any energy exchange. Uh, Einstein, through string theory, demonstrated that all energy was created at the Big Bang. So therefore, all energy was created at once. And all energy is here. It can be recreated, it can be recycled, it can be shuffled from one source to another. Uh, but it's here. It, it's not somehow depleted or, or uh, uh, recreated from an endless uh, supply. It is renewed, much like straight in the yin yang sign. Uh, that upper half is, is that lower half is white. And even with that, it's that circle within both. Uh, uh, there's a name for that too, a mathematical name for that design, that shape, that uh, called the divine. Uh, that. 
in math and in quantum metaphysics for that, for that spiral design, that spiral shape. But it suggests the recreating the creating from some master from some master cell, from some master code, if you will, that all life in various manifestations um, is then rebuilt from, recreated from. So even in your Selfishness, even in your, I'm only concerned about my love and relationship. How I'm only concerned about the lotto. There's still a residual energy there that is incorporated in that process that comes from not just you, but everything around you. And that claims to do darkness, that claims to do evil work, that claims to do things that harm, has to draw that from something, from someone. Um, Kina, uh, two questions. Oh, okay. Forgive me. You're asked. Okay, thank you. You're helping me out. I thought that was the question. Questions or comments at Kiona has typed in the chat. Please do put them in all capital letters so that we can see them, and I'll be glad to um, respond to so when you're doing uh, there's still an energy that extends beyond just you and that work. And that's why for some, it absolutely doesn't work. Uh, and other things work than with others. Um, there are some very descriptive, explicit Ritual book out there on the market. Available, um, you can afford them. You know how to find them, or you know how to gain access to them. Um, and so the idea that people can read these books and duplicate some of what's being uh, in there, uh, I think it's the world will be far more chaotic than the world that we live in today. And and that's a big big deal, a big issue. I think we think about most of that and supernatural principles. Religious folks tend to think that there's less a presence of that now than was demonstrated in the past. Um, But I think that that is exactly the opposite. I think we see more miracles now, more supernatural and unexplainable now, because of knowledge, education, consciousness, um, along with people's just overall sense of pessimism about everything, politics, government controlling the weather, you know, religion, um, that you are numbing those you're able to see, interact in the spirit realm. <clears throat> and so everyone is not seeing
societies that predate us. And so God uh, and the ancestors and, and, and those powers have it spirit realm, in my opinion, are going to lock and prevent our That's a very reasonable understanding for uh, the secrecy that still exists today around some of this information, some of this knowledge, some of this truth. Uh, and even when it is available, even when it is available uh, by way of the internet, the spirit realm has protection, has locks already in place, has security already in place to prevent foolish from harming them. Misuse of power. We have enough and nuclear power and atomic power to cast us off the planet today. One wrong move from a Russia or a, a, a Iran or or Trump, and and, and we could indeed um, wipe out in another planet with, with just the the scientific evolutions that we've made in the last 200 years. So, it, indeed, the macrocosm mirrors the microcosm as it is above, so we got to be below. If we are extension of God, spirit, inhabiting this earth, The ability, uh, maintaining the ability to to regress to our our lower nature, our animal nature, uh, our fleshly nature, our carnal nature, the dime. It's just a matter of where we are spiritually, mentally, uh, uh, in our personal lives, in our personal space, along the personal journey, and then what's happening in our environment in, in any given day. Uh, at any given time, being in in that ancestral space, man, well, at night in the dark, um, and being an empath and, and being a, a channel, and uh, having Asperger's is a very unique experience for me. Um, the things and the level in which I'm hearing and seeing things and perceiving things, while still trying to say professional and act as a as an actor or a performer uh, would do uh, when you're on camera. It's very challenging to do. Uh, and I believe Naja and many others with my group um, um, also um, uh, with, with the same thing about being in a sacred space like that. You are really an alternate reality. Um, it's dark. You can't see you know, beyond where you are, uh, two or three feet from where you are, uh, save for the fire, the noise, the candles. Um, and so you're already sort of transported into a different space um, in that environment. Then the active consciousness 
invoke invoke the spirit of Leah Brown and to invoke the ancestors in that space is something that I can't even now can't write behind right first to and to work that to you. Uh, a meeting took place um that night that, that probably will be be revealed um when the final area comes out. So again I can't speak much As always, I apologize for uh, missing the last few days of, of being regular here with you um, in the broadcast. I remind you that I'm off filming, having ceremony, doing the work. Um, top foolishness. The great foolishness around voodoo and voodoo and conjure and root work. And, and then there's that other dimensional space where the work is being done and the book of the being done. I'm grateful for being a conduit. I'm grateful for being uh, a tool, for being a vessel for ancestral for higher knowledge, for higher learning, for spiritual evolution and whatever going on around us and on the ground and, and in the politics and in our government and um, society. Very easy to get negative. It's very easy to get depressive. It's, it's very easy to get emotional about the state of affairs, and particularly around the holidays, when people bring all the to the um, during the events. I see holidays are a great time. Happy reasons for celebration and drinking and 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 partying and and and, and eating and life. Many other energies to all these uh, family commercials and 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 Christmas parties and and material things and brand new cars, jewels, and people have people have precarious in their in their or in their energy to fall into. During this time of the day, so I invite you to blend, to meditate, to take, to take time out to be quiet, to take time out to center yourself with your ancestors, to connect with something greater than you know during these days, during these winter, these colder months, during these darker hours of the year and don't judge don't criticize yourself don't criticize others don't readily judge but be prepared to hear to empathize not just for the good of so that you can hear spirit will also speak through teach through our daily lives, our daily activities, and, and, and much of the events that, that take place uh, in our so-called human existence. Uh, and I, I talk my greens with, with my lotions, my potions, my crystals. Um, often I have things concealed on me, hidden on me. I might be wearing a new combination of, of something um, 
and even my jury, where my, my jury has been tested over decades. Um, what happens when I wear this many rings versus that many rings? These particular combinations of stones versus that combination of stones. When you mix herbs and roots and other creating Greek greens and charm, they're, they're never generic. They're never wholesale. They're never general. The idea you walk into a counter medication to some degree. <laughs> well we will we have to drugs that that they have to include a label that, that covers the entire entire bottle and then you peel that label apart and then the inside of the label has more warning and information and details. You know they they say you can't you know you must follow the doctor you can't take more of it than, than what's prescribed. You know, it's, again, it's like giving someone instructions to great poison on the weapon. And we now see in the opioid epidemic and, and some of the other um, designer drugs, uh, modern created drugs in the last four years, where people have gone in and taken over-the-counter drugs, all these were help me, what you take for all those products that are now under lock and key that now go into the manufacturing and making of meth. Those are the words and all those words in P-H-I-N-E uh, that I was trying to get out there. Um, and so, once upon a time, Coke was on the shelves. They say once upon a time, Coca-Cola had Coke in it. So, the idea of our government offering us things that otherwise harm us uh, is not familiar with. It's taken in an appropriate proportion. Our food, our food, and our food, and our artificial food—you know—are two-way war between having just enough, you know, to maybe satisfy your, your diet, or whatever, or salty, or artificial cheese, real cheese that's that's not real, the flavoring not real. So we've gotten a place in our mind where we the presence of that and that then translates into every other aspect of how we think bullshit in, bullshit out eating bullshit many things understand then you can expect your body to give you 100% you can expect your mind to give you 100% so you can expect your spirit to give you 100%. So even the creation of grigories and satchels and, and potions and, and mixes that involve herbs and roots and plants, um, without knowledge, without change, without experience, it, it's 
is either a fruitile endeavor, you're just kind of some potpourri that some psychological need, or you're indeed truly understanding what you're working with and what level of effect that you say because it's edible, it's uh, holistic or medicinal. Everyone give a disclaimer on, but you could easily Google medicinal properties of herbs, medicinal properties of plants, uh, medicinal properties of roots. Um, you can easily research edible plants, edible roots, and how these products um, are used and utilized. Uh, and then there's that whole list of Latin names. And then there's that whole list of chemical and pharmaceutical elements that most people don't read, uh, don't expose themselves to. And all these things go into really being an adapt root worker. Just imagine uh, a big mom and a man in the trail for the enslaved woman and the enslaved man and what level of knowledge that they carry. Not being allowed to read and write, not being exposed to books, having to hear something and remember seeing something repeated or, or themselves repeating it and then building up an archive that, that's in their head, that's in their mind. Um, it's got to be seen. Nigeria. Nigerians, Yoruba have a, a profound ability to, to memorize more Odus, but 256 combinations of an Odu. Uh, and then the the text and the the Oriki or the chants that are specific to the Odu. Then the very and the combination of that Odu that might be specific to the moment. Who's being read? What Ebo? What Ebo? What right hand? What combination is being reflected? It just gives you a sense of awe to our and what they were capable of doing with what they were able to achieve in the worst case scenario possible. Worst scenario possible. The notion the implied that we don't know our our God, we don't know our, our religions, we don't know our languages, we lost all connections to our past. It just pales down new information with DNA technology, new science and science information that we now have to us today. That will continue to evolve as we move the future. Just the day when kids know progress. Have you ever been to LA? How many of you have ever been to Los Angeles? That was one of the first things I noticed when I went to Los Angeles was Demonstrations of that we have 
You know, you got an aloe vera plant like this at home. You got a dolly like this at home. You got a house in California, in Nevada, in Colorado. So our macrocosm mirrors our microcosm. Our view of the world is often small and limited and confined to us. So our experience, the experience that our parents and, and our families and, and who we grew up with and around um, has projected into our experience. Uh, often religious first to you or looked upon you. And as you get older, you evolve your personal ideology and, and opinion about what God is and, and what religion is. So the notion of uh, free thinking, free will, Western parts of, of our world and in our society, uh, particularly the UK and, and the West, uh, USA and, and Germany and, and, and many of those parts of the world. But even in the so-called third world, so-called fourth world, um, places that are still living centuries in cases behind the Western footprint, um, there's this idea of wanting to control one's own destiny. Wanting to control one's own body to some degree. So to explore Hoodoo without doing this research doesn't make a whole lot of sense. To, to explore Hoodoo without going to look at your bloodline, your lineage, you came from, and where you came from. And not to explore every aspect of that. In, in concert what hoodoo is and not wanting to get worse it's just um, you can see grass in LA in Griffith Park um, you can see grass in LA um, you know um, it's been a long time since I've been living in California so right now the neighborhood, the green area escaped me but there are reasons where you don't see grass there are regions in LA where you don't see lawn at all. Um, you see rocks, you see concrete where grass would otherwise be. Uh, now, also to say, I don't know if you were born or raised in LA or how long you lived in LA. Uh, LA is a great degree wetter now than it was in the 60s, 70s, and the 1980s. Um, and I would even say colder some degree um, in L.A. the winter time compared to years ago, 30 years ago. Um, so, so the weather, too, has changed. So I don't know to what degree um, that has also changed the, um, the landscaping. Um, since I lived in Los Angeles, it stood out to me. Something else that stood out to me was the lack of food in L.A. when I first got there. Edible food, trans-cheese that would bear food. When we think, you know, in, in a very typical fashion that sunny L.A., Southern California weather, um, I anticipated a great deal more food. Um, you know, our country... Uh, 
I had understanding when I first went there. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of edible stuff on the ground in Dallas, either, uh, in, in Dallas, uh, Texas, either. Um, that stood out to me. Uh, I'm fine tuned to edible, I'm fine tuned to uh, and I'm fine tuned to what's used in, in root work and hoodoo. And I had to go to, to find that in those regions of the world. Uh, great effort um, in a way that I didn't to the south or in the east even. Uh, and of course, there are cities. There are things I can find in nature up north in the summer and the spring. Absolutely can't find access to it fall and winter. So, um, yeah, but it's concrete in the city of Los Angeles. It's a concrete jungle compared to um, Houston or compared to New Orleans or Mobile or, or, or Houston. Um, Coconut, right in the city, banana, right in the city. Um, and, and people treat them like ornamental vegetation. Uh, I'm real the ability to plant and vegetation uh, in the city, in the city zone of um, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I, I was real impressed with that. Uh, Chicago, once upon a time, had a great deal of peach trees and bushes within the some of that has been along the lake front uh, with that new concrete structure they took they took down and got rid of it. Uh, some of the more natural elements there and so you now have to travel a deal further out either south uh, of Chicago west of Chicago north of the city of Chicago now to gain some access that used to be right there in the city. Bars, people have always been just to work the kind of so witchcraft, Wiccan, and some other magical practices. So just gaining a knowledge of trees and how they are. Completely different nature and makeup from the bark itself. Um, so we use bark in, in some of our healing work. Uh, one thing that I will say we hear and that concern about you implicating um, is pine cones. Some of y'all are dealing with cold, flu, congestion. This is the season for your dry pine cones. Your areas, areas that have not been sprayed, areas where you know there's no uh, uh, herbicide, uh, you know, to, to make the lawn green. So stay out of school zones, stay out of um, building, commercial buildings and structures. Are in the city, city have a lush green environment, but no dandelions in it. Has probably been sprayed. Uh, so you go into nature. Um, if you go into a park, 
um, national parks are, are, are likely not to be sprayed. Uh, are, are likely to have the uh, grassland and meadow areas uh, intact. And you want to pick up those three pine cones. Those will kill you. That's what a pine cone. But the dry, woody, Christmas time in your Christmas tree decorations and uh, in your reef decorations. The right around Christmas tree look that out. Make sure there's no dirt, leaves, all that kind of stuff in there. Rinse them off um, and, and wash them uh, really good. And then you want to boil them in tea. And you're going to add That will help you to sweat it out, melt it out, break up that phlegm, break up that uh, congestion. Um, I guess you do it at night or if you are are down (laughs) on the couch or in bed, um, plan to sleep. Uh, Don't drink this and and plan to go to work on um, the same Feeling as big vaporize, as Hall's cough drop, um, the, the mintiness, the pine oil, and some of the other compounds that exist in the pine tree itself and in the pine oil and the pine sap are dispersed differently in the brown, woody pine cone. Please don't body harvest green pine cones and do kill yourself. It's a great degree of menthol and, and I, uh, menthol and some other substances present in it, and you'll hurt yourself. Um, so brown pine and something I've used, tried things I've gotten out of books. This is something my mama prepared for me. <laughs> my aunties and them from the rural Mississippi Delta. Uh, so this is something that I know tried proven. Um, now you can overdo anything. clean of, of any dirt, and, you know, try to get them off the top of the ground, try to get them off uh, without the old leaves, the cave metal one. Uh, that part from the wash off, cleans off, and boil them into your teeth. You'll breathe, you'll feel it, it'll move through your body. Uh, it does have a slight You don't break this tea and go work on. So there are things in our in our nature, in our woods, in our environment, in our jobs, in our cities. Once upon a time, we had to write. We, we, we were shadows. We were less than the animals. We were less than the horses. 
and the goat and 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 the and the calf and 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 the cow. So we had to treat and each other medically. The extension of war counter and to into much more intense application indeed originated in West Africa, uh, but but took on a darker nature under the the whip, under the abusive and also
but it looks like couscous. But it's called and very uncomfortable. Number black, days, Wonderful uh, Na Champa. Comedy sold it in the box incense from India. That Na Champa is usually years old. Dry oil was added to stick. Uh, long since evaporated, usually by the time you get the Na Champa. Oud is another fragrance um, that can be bought, can be purchased from uh, the right reason be used for cleansing, purification, um, other than just your garden variety white sage. The idea of wetting white sage um, is a bit of it's a bit of an irritant for me uh, because it's not something you've ever really seen Native Americans do. They would not have used even burned um, sage in that manner. Um, they often would use uh, a shovel. Um, to put it in, um, and and then took a stick or, or a branch and say and and then wave sage. The idea of that white sage is completely commercial, and it's completely an extension of botanica uh, and retail need to satisfy uh, the the thirst and the hunger for ritual items and ritual supplies. I'm going to be um, I guess the thing my agenda not, not most kind of but all the blessing. Um, if you have questions, comments, please do hit me with them now in all caps. Um, that's I'll talk to the listeners my YouTube live listeners. I'm certainly appreciative for your attention and your support of this show and, and the continued uh, sharing and dissemination of information about authentic voodoo, voodoo content root work. And I appreciate up in the of day um, to be on this platform. So until next time, I Yes, I know. I'm still here. Thank you as well, T. Warner. Thank you all for being present. Thank you all for being part of the National Revolutionary Secret On YouTube Live and also on Blog Talk and chat.
in all capital letters, and of course, press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I'll open your mic and bring you into any given live blog talk radio platform at 845-277-9143. All righty, nothing is ending properly today, but all is a blessing. 